This is the result of your words, day 64 and 65. Because yesterday there were eight stories, so we are doing two days at a time again. Here's hoping we can keep up that pattern. Today marked three months since October 7th. Here are the incidents that took place. Australia has banned Yahtzee salutes and symbols and symbols of other terror organizations. Good on paper, but as we know, most of these symbols are appropriated from a culture, and this is going to hurt those cultures more than anyone else. The basketball coach and one of the players have been dismissed from the basketball team at a Yonkers high school after the Udenhas incident at a game targeting the girls' team at a Jewish school. A Vancouver dentist has been espousing Udenhas any chance she gets, it seems. There was a Yahtzee march through the Armenian capital a few days ago. In Australia, police have refused to press charges against anti-Jewish Islamic sermons. So now Jewish organizations are taking it into their own hands and going to sue. A series of Jewish-owned businesses in Woodland Hills were vandalized. It wasn't like they were Jewish stores. They just had a mezuzah on the door. Ethiopia is allowing visa-free entry to Qatar residents. This is the second country to do that in less than a month, the first being the UK. Should Qatar, the country where most of Hamas lives, really be the country that gets visa-free entry? Six Muslim students were arrested in Kerala, India for putting anti-Israel stickers and posters on Starbucks, which, if you forgot already, doesn't even exist in Israel. I don't think they needed to be arrested for just putting up posters, though. In Sydney, someone didn't like a pro-Palestinian activist having a Palestinian flag outside their house. So they placed an explosive device in the activist's car. Pro-Palestinian protesters crashed Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow's skating party. The thing is, she's already called for a ceasefire. This is Toronto Sun, so I take wording with several grains of salt. But it does say that there were some slurs thrown around by the activists. I don't get why antagonizing someone already on your side is the right move. So I talked about how the Washington Post posted blood libel. According to this article, CNN waits for IDF approval before posting anything. And Washington Post allowed a piece by someone who denied the Nakba and that Palestinians were even on the land at all. So blood libel plus denying the Nakba seems like you're just shills. Not for either side, just for the highest bidder. Protesters threw fake blood on Blinken's SUV outside his house. There were protests in front of the houses of Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Jake Sullivan. There were chants, but there was no vandalism. The only difference I can find is that Blinken is Jewish. In Kabul, Afghanistan, there was an explosion in a mostly Shiite Muslim neighborhood. It was on a minibus, and two were unalived, and 14 were wounded. And then in Kaduna, Nigeria, bandits unalived 17 and kidnapped 42. Victims are both Muslim and Christian. Rutgers alumni are suspending donation over Judenhas. The military is trying to pretend that there is no extremism to speak of. It's everywhere else. We don't have it. A lot of people are outraged at Toronto cops delivering coffee to anti-Israel protesters. Apparently, they were just picking it up from a friend who dropped it off. But I honestly don't care. It's far better than the alternative of police brutality. This story is freaking wild. Huge Hindu temple is under construction and will be finished at the end of this month. And it will be inaugurated with a huge ceremony. And politicians are telling Muslims not to travel for the five days it's being inaugurated. For fear of rising tensions. So they're basically on lockdown for five days for a religion that isn't theirs. In Stamford Hill, a Jewish driver was attacked, screaming Judenhas. 
And also in Stamford Hill, a man raised a firearm at Jewish pedestrians. In Battleboro, Vermont, there was Judenhaus graffiti in three different locations. A YouTuber defaced an Israeli flag and harassed customers at a New York Israeli restaurant. A professor in Bihar, India, insists that there should be a separate homeland for Muslims. And finally, one of the hosts for Talk TV, which is a conservative channel in the UK, kept interrupting her Palestinian guest and then said that he was to blame because maybe he's not used to women talking. But I don't really expect more from something Rupert Murdoch owns. And those are today's stories. As always, I hope you're not just paying attention to the ones in the Western world. Things are bad in India and Nigeria, and I feel like I'm the only one talking about it. Refresh to all of us in need of healing, and may the memories of those who have been lost and those who will be lost be a blessing and a revolution for peace, freedom, and safety for all. Shortcast Club.